You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Good evening, people. How are you doing? Welcome to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. My name is Matt Phillips. I'm the creator of Uncheck Live, and we are recording this live, as always, on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel, which means that you can join us if you want to at eight o'clock every Tuesday um, by just going along to the YouTube channel. And there, that's where we are. It gives you a lovely chance to network with the wonderful people who do join us live um, and also learn a little bit about the STA. And we're normally joined by our regional reps. You can ask questions and talk amongst yourselves. But most importantly, it gives you a chance to speak directly with our very, very special guests, uh, which is probably the biggest benefit of joining us live, if you can. But we do appreciate you listening to the podcast. The numbers are still climbing rapidly, which is wonderful. It's really nice um, to see um, because all we're interested in is, is getting the good word of our guests out there. So one thing you can help with if you listen to the podcast is just leave that little five star thing. Yeah, leave a review if you want. Words count as well. Um, but the five stars or four, if there is something you didn't like, maybe that's fine. Less than four, don't worry. You can kind of just jog on. But if it's four or five, then do leave it because it helps um, the results appear higher up in Google. So, for example, if somebody tonight is interesting, is interested in um, uh, feet or foot, or maybe they type as Google search in understanding. I want to understand the foot. Then this episode will come up because tonight we have got the Mr. Understander of Feet. James Earls is going to be joining us. Um, and this is all part of the countdown for um, Therapy Expo, um, which this year is November the 23rd and the 24th at the NEC Birmingham. Um, and what we're doing um, from now till then is we're going to bring you some of uh, the speakers who are going to be in the dedicated STA theatre at Therapy Expo across the two days. So we're very excited about that. Uh, last week, um, we had Anna Maria Mazzieri and Paul Coker, who are together are going to do a duo presentation called Massage and Manual Therapy, a Modern View. Um, and that will be nine o'clock on the Thursday, 24th of November in the STA Theatre. Let me bring up a little um, time schedule here. That was then from last week. Um, I'll put it on big screen so people who have joined us live can have a little look. If you listen to the podcast, you can't see this, but we've got special effects just blinging in and out um, incredibly on the screen here. So, yeah, on the Thursday, uh, join us in the morning. I'll do a little intro at nine o'clock. I'll be there in person. And then um, massage and manual therapy and modern view will be kicking off Thursday at 9.15. If you missed that episode last week, don't worry. It's on your favorite podcast, podcast app waiting for you, including Spotify. Or you can watch the video if you want on YouTube. Or you can even go to the sta.co.uk uh, where there's links there and all the show notes and all the links and all the special stuff which we talked about in the show. For tonight, we're going back to the Wednesday, um, which um, is going to start off with the uh, women uh, from WIST. So women in sports therapy. They're going to be starting off at 9.15 on the Wednesday. And then we got uh, Jenny Bowell, who will be doing Beyond Pregnancy Massage at 10 o'clock. And then after that... Um, James Earls will be joining us at 11.30 in the STA Therapy Update Theatre, um, presenting Understanding the Human Foot, which we're obviously very excited about. And James is with us here this evening um, to give us a little, not just to talk about, well, not to discuss what he's going to be talking about, but also um, about his long, long, long career, about the um, right turns and left turns and reverses and fast forwards 
um, because it's going to be fascinating for all of you, um, as will soon become very evident. As always, people, if you're joining us live, then feel free to uh, send in uh, questions. I've told James if somebody asks something particularly interesting, then just bring it up. Um, when you do bring something up, then your name will appear and your logo will appear on the screen. Again, you can't see it on the podcast, but at the moment, Alistair Cunningham is saying, evening all. Hello, Alistair. How are you doing? Nikki Mansfield is here in a normal, quiet, sheltered, introverted way. Oi, oi, lovely peeps. Really looking forward to this one. Uh, so there's Nikki there. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for joining us. Becky Carroll's in as well. All the regulars are here who have been with us pretty much 119 weeks in a row. Uh, and we love you joining us live because I've always, always recorded these live. Run Chat Live is all about being live because I just think it produces something a little bit more spontaneous. Um, and gives you guys a chance to talk to these guests in person. So Ivan Ward, how you doing? Claire Walker is here. Good evening all, says Claire. Hey, Claire, thanks for joining us again. Glenn Murphy is in the house as well, saying evening, peeps. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, people. Um, it really does make a difference. In fact, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't live. I couldn't just do pre-recorded. It'd be too dull. Anyway, tonight's going to be far from dull. So without further ado, I shall bring up um, our guest, uh, Mr. James Earls. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey, James, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. <laughs> I felt myself digging holes while I was saying left turns, right turns, reversing, fast forwards. I don't know what I was on. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, well, the, the, the interest of it was the, the long, 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 how many <laughs> longs were in there? <laughs> Career. Uh, well, it's not an insult, is it? I mean, it's well, it can be sometimes. There's plenty of people who've been around a long, 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 long time and they're still talking about the same, 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 same thing. But you are not one of them. Okay, this is why I try not uh, to be. Yes, well, no, you're definitely not. Um, and you can see when we trace things you've been involved in, things you've done, um, and even your books. I mean, let's bring up the books. We had this, you were with us not long ago, were you? A couple of months ago, you were with us with yeah. Lucy Wintle, one of your teams at Born to Move. I'm talking um, about in our focus of the foot month, but I did bring up then I'll bring it up again now because I'm just proud about the way I put it together. Let's put it on the full screen so people can see in its full glory, just some of your books here. So um, the most recent book, unless you've suddenly produced another one that I'm not aware of, we've got understanding the human foot um, and then the born to walk, which a lot of people are familiar with um, internationally a renowned book. Um, and then we go back to fascial release for structural balance, which was uh, very huge at the time and translated into three languages or something. So there's quite a, I imagine if even we looked through the content of those books, we'd probably see an evolution of thought and the way you um, explain things. Um, is that fair enough yeah. to say? I, I think so, yes. Um, and certainly with Born to Walk, I, I was probably given the opportunity to do a second edition, which I think was a, a big, big update and an improvement um, to kind of clarify the, the story. So, yeah, yeah, and certainly there's a, an evolution in there. How many years was there between the second edition then for Born to Walk? Born to Walk, I think the first edition came out in 2014, second edition in 2020. Oh, so right, okay. Oh, very yeah. interesting. Okay, so Six some updates. Six. Okay, well, we'll be talking about these updates uh, with regards to um, what you practice and preach shortly. But I just want to say thanks again for agreeing to be in the STA Theatre. I'm very excited about that. Um, well, we've to be asked. Thank you. Oh, you should be used to this by now, I'm sure. Um, a man of your stature is <laughs> shaking his head for those who listen to the podcast. So modest as well, as always. That's such a common trait with my guests. Um, 
but you've been we were just talking off air um therapy expo started 10 years ago a couple in manchester and you remember gracing manchester for those i do i i remember going to the hotel i remember walking to the venue um and i don't remember actually much of the event um boy i'm scared to ask whether that was to do with the social in the evening or whether it was just you were taking in all the information there <laughs> i think it was just taking in all the information um i think it's i have a I a tendency to go in do my thing and then and then run away because the previous 10 or 15 years of my career was spent manning a stand at one of those things um, oh, and right. they're not I don't find them to be for myself the most comfortable um kind of um, physical experience um there's a lot there's a lot of noise a lot of a lot of light a lot of concrete um, so I tend to go in and 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 run away, but I was certainly at that time ten years ago. But they have got much more comfortable. Not I think the the, uh, the therapy expo at the NEC, and the weather's kind of uh, cur uh, curtained in. It's much more comfortable, a bit more uh, user friendly. It's certainly less less cramped space as well. So and also I'm privileged. I don't have to stand on the stand all day. Whereas, which I had to for three days, just me, once upon a time, back in the day at the, the RDS in Dublin. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to dig that all up for you. Obviously, it's, yes. it's a bit of a traumatic experience. <laughs> yeah, well, let's move on swiftly. Oh, but it's interesting yeah. you say, I think, I think that these events, yeah, I remember they were quite in your face and loud and basically selling. It was sell, 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 stand after stand. And that, create a lot of the noise yes it was all about itself and there was nothing about the education mm. um which is very much obviously it's a, it's a big thrust within the, the therapy expo um so it was it was yeah it was just a, a sales pitch constant everywhere that you went um so i didn't like i, I didn't like the experience also didn't like the business model because mm -hmm. um, you, you also had to you know the, the the punters had to pay to get in and they were essentially just paying to get into a marketplace Whereas with with Therapy Expo and many of the other conferences now, they're actually well, you're paying, but you're paying if you do have to pay. If you're paying for a, an, an education at the same time, and it's also you got got more kind of exposure and more more chance to actually have a conversation with the with the presenters, with the stand holders, people like yourselves representing other associations as well. I think well, that's a, a yeah, that's a very nice succinct summary of what yeah Therapy Expo has actually turned into. I think because it is much more now about the education. There's still the stands there. There's still plenty of products if you want to go and buy stuff and test stuff out. But a lot of it now is about the education and also just communication, isn't it? It's they've provided much more areas now for coffee, for people to chat, to talk. Cause that's one of the cells, isn't it, for the therapist? Yep. Can I meet with other like-minded individuals? Yeah, there's a lot more networking. And, and even I think the the... the the stands that are doing the sales, it's, it's much more relationship um, mm. oriented than it, than it used to be. And um, where it was just by making the, the quick buck as quickly as possible, try and get your money back on one of these bloody exhibitions because they're not cheap. Hmm. Uh, Anna Maria Mazzieri had a, a nice, she said something nice last week, which I've been put into effect. I'm going to say it now. She's stopped the word networking now and changed it to support. Mm. That's quite nice. Less corporate, isn't it? Nice. A lot more support. Yeah. It's what we're doing because yeah. networking yes. makes it sound like oh if you do this scratch my back i'll scratch yours and we'll come out you know it's more support just chatting yeah I'm, I'm, it, it, it 
brings out the, the social anxiety in me as well. It's like, oh my god, I have a responsibility to be networking. I have to work. I have to work the room. I have to shake hands and 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 talk to people. And yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's not good. Words. Well, support is kind of that. There's a little bit more mutual. Yeah, definitely mutual. Yes, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I actually said I put a post out there saying because I recognise I'm, I'm not one for big crowds as well. I think it's quite funny, you know, people like yourself. I mean, you've had crowds far larger than myself. You've had countries coming to see you, but. <laughs> Both of us have probably stood in front of like 500 people presenting stuff. And yet once you get off that stage and you go outside, it's like, right, where's the exit? I'm off. I don't want to hang around. Uh, it's quite strange, isn't it? Yeah. Well, where's the bar? Don't. Yeah, exactly. I think, you, yeah, it's interesting. It happens quite a lot. But I understand what it's like, particularly if you're by yourself and you're coming to Therapy Expo um, and it sounds a bit daunting. Um the STA stand or the, you know, where we, we kind of give out all the information and support and stuff that's opposite the STA theater. And I guarantee there'll be regional reps there. There'll be members there, like the beautiful people who join us every week in the live lounge who will happily spend time with you and just kind of ease you in and just say hi. And before you know it, there'll be a coffee in your hand or a tea or biscuits or something. Just have a chat, especially if it's the first thing in the morning, you're a little bit anxious. You're thinking, oh my God, I just, you know, that kind of, I just gone to a party. I wasn't invited to sensation. And you think everyone there is having a great time and laughing and you look around and think, oh my God, I've just got to reverse out of here quietly. None of that this year, people. And um, we're really aware of different ways of handling crowds and things. So come along to the STA um stand and i will be there um and so a lot of the speakers will be hanging around as well just to chill out it's a safe zone that's what it is it's a safe little corner um in the massive nec as it is anyway so um james i, I love your website because again it talks me through so much of what you do i'm going to bring up a few screenshots again apologies if you listen to the podcast but i will read out what i'm putting up here so born to move um yep. Yep. is the website so born to move.com um, and there's a wealth of information on there and there's also a members login so you can join up and things like that. Um, the courses, I think, oh, this just shows mm -hmm. you've been you, that you get around. Basically, you were in Northwood <laughs> recently yes. off to Lugano. Very nice in October. Mm -hmm. Looking forward um, to that one. And you've got uh, the stripes hiding it. But you've also got Budapest lined up a couple of times and you're off to Amsterdam to Prague. Yes. Very nice. Yeah, um so some of that's me and a lot of it is actually on on lewis uh, who i work with um, we set up born to move uh, what, nearly three years ago just before lockdown started so he's been teaching quite a few of those workshops he was in northwood at the weekend when i was i was presenting it for uh, at a um, pilates conference for body control and he was busy presenting some of his new material and um, bringing in some Diane Lee's work and creating a blend from assessment and soft tissue so he's he's teaching his own workshop and then helping me teach some of the the born to move and um, born to walk workshops as well so i'd like to kind of spread it around a little bit it's true i'm glad you remind me of that i always forget about owen lewis how did you meet owen maybe that's a little bit of a way to start i met on i it was whenever i was teaching anatomy twins so back in the day i can't remember the year but it's probably 10 to 12 um 10 to 12 years and he did anatomy trains and then went through did the, the full kind of structural integration training kinesis myofascial integration as it was back then um and then 
he carried on. He he has had a thirst. He's a, a he's a seeker. He's a he's a thinker. He's a, a deep worker. Um, he was never you know, never satisfied. Always looking for the for the something else. What how can we make it better? Um, so he went off uh, following that and did a lot of work with the Diane D. Went through her training and was m managed to to beg and scrape his way into her training because it's usually just physiotherapists that that be accepted. Um, but with his his background in in, in elite sports and teaching sports, um, sports psychology, um, as well as the, the um, good depth of, of understanding physical therapy of manual therapy, um, he was allowed in and 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 became quite friendly with with the and, and has permission to teach the the elements that that he teaches on on the, the workshops from from her. So that that's wonderful. And I, and I think Nikki, Nikki and a few other people were there uh, last weekend, which is really the, his first his first outing in in the real world with the, the workshop. So it all went. Oh wow, fantastic. Nikki. Yeah, yeah. So they, for those who to the podcast, yeah, Nikki has given it. Nikki Mansfield has given her a seal of approval with Owen's workshop this weekend was a May repeat the AE zing and an emoticon, yeah, emoticon with, with ice. Thanks, Nikki, for your um, you should send that, I think, to Owen, he'll appreciate that. Um, so you mentioned anatomy trains, so anatomy trains has got a massive stamp in our history, and rightfully so, I suppose, when, when it came along, it was particularly um, well received, and, and an awful lot of people did the course, bought the book. And then you kind of moved eventually slightly away from it with Owen by the sounds of it. Yeah. Why was that? Um, oh, I think like many things, uh, your time the time to move on to, to a slightly different, different emphasis, different story. Um, there were a number of reasons, one of which was just I was, I was burnt out. I was teaching, teaching the material every weekend and quite often during the week as well and um, so i was telling the same story um, again and again and again and once after a while you just get into the script and it's basically you just turn up as with with manchester 10 years ago just turn up switch on do your spiel bugger off go to the next venue turn up switch that that spiel on um so eventually i just got i got i got bored listening to myself um so i thought it's, it's kind of time to move on and also was going through the anatomy trains kind of teaching program I, I wanted to do something a little bit different as 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 own did as well um i trained with with gary gray and did the functional movement training and realized that actually movement was something that was it was a big missing part of the the puzzle that for me as a manual therapist i remember doing some some early trainings with with tom and with other people and there was always maybe a the token yoga teacher or plastics teacher in the in the room and we'd be doing our manual therapy you know proper good authentic proper manual therapy and the movement teachers going what are you doing with this person flat on the table and just mushing their their tissue why don't you have them up moving i, was like, I always thought oh, you know be kind to the yoga and Pilates people because they don't understand. They don't understand the power of soft tissue work, and they they think it's all about movement. And then realizing eventually, you know, slow learner, after what twenty two years in the business, it's like, oh, actually, and it's, it's such a simple question to me: what, what, or why are we doing the work that we do? Well, one, we might be trying to get them out of pain and discomfort, which is a big topic, I know. 
but also we're doing it to try and make them more successful in their real normal everyday life and well lying on a table and having me pull and push them in certain directions or you know faff about with their soft tissue and find trigger points or not stretch them or not whatever it is it's like it's it's so out of context that actually putting some movement and whether you want to call it functional movement or just movement or exercises or whatever into the the therapy just for me made it so much more contextual gave me a lot more information about what might be going on with the client engage the client much or engages the client much more in the in the process because have i frozen no 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 i'm just i'm just mesmerized i like sorry i'm gonna I've, move around now again i'm just really listening i'm taking okay. every word so i'll move now again to let you know <laughs> i've frozen on my screen so, so i can still hear you okay so um it, it's weird looking at me not moving whilst I'm moving. Um, so my apologies. So um, it put the yes, it, it put the, the treatment in much more context. Involves the client much more in the in the process. They learn so much more, and also it was really the time that brought anatomy alive for me. Because I had like so many offers gone through the standard approaches to teaching anatomy which is if we throw all of these bits at you, somehow you'll remember them and somehow you'll put them all together and just kind of understand how the body works. And, and but just don't ask me. And then I, you know, it's just, it's a gradual kind of, we're talking about evolution of, of, the, of the, the exhibition and evolution in general. You know, my evolution at the, at the moment is, I, I, think, I think we teach anatomy in the wrong direction I think we we start from the bits and we try to build up to the big picture, and I don't think that works. Um, you know, at least it, it didn't work for me, and it doesn't work for most people I talk to. I think if we start from movement and what we actually do, and what, start from the observation, and then put it in context of the anatomy, that that makes much more sense. Um, so probably I moved. So coming back to your original question, I moved from very structural, postural-based view of kind of analysis and assessment and approach and, and goals um, within the uh, treatment to being much more functionally literate, functionally oriented. Um, and I think it was it's going back to the, the, the history of structural integration um, with Dr. Dr. Rolf, um, the, just that that group has split because of coming up against this this and other questions. You know, so um, other people went more functional; they stayed more more structural. Other people went more psychological; they stayed a little bit more kind of body centered. Um, and so, really, my, myself and Tom just kind of well, we we were going in different paths. You know, there was there was at one stage almost a, a European school and a, an American school that was kind of, you know, to, to borrow the, the Guild of Structural Integration, the, the American school was true to the teachings of Tom Myers and the, the European school was kind of uh, using the teachings of Thomas Myers with a bit of James, with a lot of Gary Gray kind of thrown in alongside. And it's like, well, eventually it was like, well, that's, that's not, it's not authentic. So I thought it's it's time to time to go, and also time to to free my, myself up because you know, there's there are certain things within the anatomy trends that just 
that don't don't stand up. Um, you know, the, the research is kind of challenging some of the ideas, some of the, the some of the stories. So it's like, well, yeah, I I would prefer to stand up and say say what what I'd believe to be to be true. So I'm trying to be authentic. Fantastic. Very nice. Yeah, that's a wonderful explanation. And what what year are we talking about when you did when did you do Gary Gray? When did you do Gary Gray? I did the gift training in twenty twelve. 2012 right okay yeah it was a big year wasn't it those kind of around that era was yeah people were thinking and moving on was Mm -hmm. it difficult for you first because i'm interested because you were very much um part of um um, teaching anatomy trains and very much in there and and well known for it was there a kind of a period where it's like did you go through these initial emotions of anger and frustration at suddenly being told this isn't quite right or embarrassment or sadness or was it were you already kind of thinking hold on i'm missing something here um so yes yeah all of that and um you know a number of other people have left so you, you mentioned one but there are other other teachers as well um and some of them because i'd, I'd left first and because i had been so deeply involved you know it's, i became kind of a, an exit counselor um it's you know and it, it's, I'm going to use a, a, a C word, C word, which is not not an accusation of them, but it it was like leaving a cult, um, because you get caught up with the the ideas and personalities and the you know the, it's not quite a family, but you know there's a there's a certainly a, a community aspect, and so there there is a an, an exit process that can be depending on the reason why you're leaving can mm. be angry making, it can be disappointing it can be frustrating it can be totally very freeing um, as it was in my case to kind of tell my own story mm-hmm. and that was really the difference between the the first and the second edition born to walk right so in the first edition i had to and i did it consciously and and willingly i squeezed the model of walking into the model of anatomy trains and then gradually with telling the story i realized well actually no, that's that 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 was a squeeze. I was shoehorning things in, um, and one of the one of the things I react against is is what I call anatomy stories, where it's like oh, when people look at at something and tell project the anatomy onto what they're seeing rather than see, seeing what they're seeing and and trying to interpret the anatomy. So kind of in the in the other direction, um, and I realised that that's what I had done. I tried to squeeze the anatomy of anatomy trains into the story of Pont Walk. So that's that's not authentic. So some of it fits, some of it you know I still kind of yeah use that element of the story, and some of it just doesn't doesn't hold up as as strongly as it should. Um. So yeah, um yeah there was anger, there was frustration, there was disappointment, there was um sense of freedom and and yeah I, I'm missing. Thing you still obviously still miss some of the, the personalities, some of the friends that are still there. Cool, but you came through after the going through those emotions. You came out feeling stronger and able to help more people, and it was a positive experience then. Absolutely, yeah. because you know, because now I, I'm 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 free. I'm, I'm I'm free to evolve. Um, you know, one of the one of the the strengths perhaps of anatomy trends is that it's it's a very strong story it's a very strong model in the, the in the story that's around it um 
But one of the weaknesses is that it's because it's trademarked and it's protected, and it's not just anatomy trains. There are many other, you know, maybe unless say larger schools, but similar ways of thinking that are so embedded within their model and embedded within the marketing machine that's behind them that actually they they can't adapt. You know, it's, it's you know, talking about the, the economy and, that been, and the, the time it takes to, to, to change the direction of a tanker. Um, you know, so changing changing the, the tanker that was anatomy trains into, into something else that's, you know, just takes, takes a lot more energy. And, and I think perhaps you know, I can be more nimble to updating um, whenever I read a research paper or when I go to another, another workshop and, and hear something that's a little bit more correct or a little bit less wrong than whatever I've been saying. And I can make that change. Whereas with with you know, with the larger organisations, you have to have come, you have to go through each of the layers and levels to make sure that actually that it's still approved. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I like that actually. Can you expand on? We've talked about this before, but for just people listening to the podcast, you just went be a little bit more correct, and then you tilted your head and said, or maybe a little bit less wrong. Can you expand on that? What's why? Why do you make that distinction? Oh, I think it was uh, commenting on um, discussions that that have happened through social media, and I think there was a trend for in soft tissue therapy to to kind of aim for being less wrong, and and there's there's a negative. I think there's for, so for myself, I, I think there's there's a negative connotation in that. Well, that's that's assuming that I'm I've been really wrong, and I'm just getting less wrong with the the progression um, as opposed to you know, essentially saying the, the same thing and, some, and trying to be more correct or getting closer to the truth. It's just, it's a more positive um, viewpoint. And um, I know we have um, Caroline Williams is coming to a, an event that we're, we're organizing her book. I don't know if you've read the book move, mm -hmm. just called move. Um, and one of the, the stories in it that she tells is about, about vision and about the difference in perception whenever moving forward to moving back. And moving forward is, is full of optimism and expectation and, and just physically retreating and that from the visual field that has a, a less positive effect on your creativity and, and, and mind. I can't remember the full story. So I, I so the tilt of my head was a acknowledgement of the phrase that's already been going around mm. um but i would use my preference would be to get closer to correct okay i like it that's beautiful because it's all open to interpretation i can see your i can i like the expression less wrong i think it depends mm. doesn't it on where the therapist is in their journey in their career and everything i think for a while it's nice to be able to accept the fact yeah okay what i thought was just concrete is wasn't concrete Okay, so now I'm going to evolve a little bit. And I don't know exactly what mass, how massage reduces stress and anxiety. It's been shown in, yeah. in, in good studies that it does. I'm not quite sure how. We've got these yeah. methods and systems. But what I do know is I'm not actually breaking down yeah. scar tissue. I'm not increasing circulation because physically I can't sort of thing. So I like that expression of less wrong. But then, yeah, you've taken it to another level where you could actually do yourself, yeah, miss justice if you do keep saying less wrong. It's kind of a... I've, I've, first thing I find it a little disempowering. Hmm. 
But then interesting enough, and I'm sorry this bores the hell out of you, you guys have to ask some questions here because this guy just fills me with interesting questions and ideas. When you talked about moving forwards is full of optimism and stepping back is not. For me, stepping back gives you, maybe it's because I drive a motorbike, but when you step back, it gives you a wider point of view to be able to see what's going on. You can take more in. Sometimes you've got to step back to have a bigger picture. That's that's oh, yeah. what entered yes. my head, but it's it's all open to interpretation, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Yep. Um, it's good. It's good. Okay, so yeah, critical thinking. Basically, I think you know, having the yeah. I'm... Go on. Absolutely. I I I take the the point of being being less wrong. Um, I'm embedded within the 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 acknowledgement of the the. <sighs> The half, what's called the, the half life of truth. There was a wonderful book called the the, the half. Is it the half life? Half life of truth, um, written by a, a, a history of, of um, science um, uh, lecturer. I mean, just it's a whole book on the turnover of science, and it's it's, essentially, it's everything that we've just talk, been talking about. Just the being less wrong, or being that movement to being hopefully more correct or more accurate. Um, and there are people that actually study this this turnover um, of science, and I think that's that is one of the the huge steps in our evolution as as soft tissue therapists in the, the broadest sense. Because in that book, he said one of the one of the things about different disciplines, different disciplines, whether it's maths or architecture, engineering, you know, dentistry, surgery whatever, they all have a different speed at which they turn over their truths. And that speed is determined by the number of people that are involved with each of the, the professions and and also the quality of their discussion and, you know, for want of a better word, their networking abilities. So their communication ability whether that be professional associations, professional magazines, professional meetings. And so the more of those the better developed and the more of them that, that we have, then the quicker we move through those less accurate statements and get closer to accuracy because there's a, there's a better discussion, better quality of discussion and that, that quicker turnover. So I think that's that, that's one of the, the the wonderful things about what you're doing with the, the podcast, and what you're doing with the, the STA, um, and also with Therapy Expo. That it it is a, a melting pot, pot, and you mentioned you know there's a slightly different style perhaps to the speakers of ten years ago to, to today. But I think we need and you know something else that that each profession needs is somebody coming in and stirring it up, and being a, a, an, an agitator or provocateur or you know just something to to provoke we need the the paul ingrams we need the jack choose the you know whoever they, they mm -hmm. may be we need them to actually question ourselves um, becky carroll says i think being less wrong acknowledges that science is constantly evolving correct sounds more absolute will we ever be there will we ever be there it's true will we ever absolutely totally understand how humans work probably not let's hope not because it'd be a dangerous world if we did it'd be quite scary if we knew yep. exactly how we worked it's true good becky said still here both of us so we will persevere um 
So, right. Um, I want to go back to your website. And um, now we've got that. It's a fantastic foundation of everything you're about and how you've moved and evolved. So a lot of people will be familiar with Anatomy Trains. And in all honesty, I think it's still one of the books which is recommended on a lot of um, massage courses and sports massage courses mm-hmm. because a lot of those courses are being taught by people maybe who haven't evolved either, who have got a business model, who have got exams published and syllabi, which it'd be too expensive to 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 modify especially when they're kind of international or national um, um syllabus, mm-hmm. which would it would just be a nightmare to try and um, change it for the, for everybody so we do still get reading lists I, I get emails saying what do you think of these books and it's like fine if you're back in the 80s then go and get that book by so and so or so and so but there's more I'm, I'm always quick to say at the time these were groundbreaking they were fantastic they were amazing in fact, they're all ahead of their time. Um, and, but like most people, true great minds have been ahead of their time, like people like Paul Hodges with the whole kind of um, kind of transversus, uh, the multifoodus and everything, and the idea of it firing before, was quick later on to say, oh, actually, hold on, we've done a few more studies now, and I just want to kind of change my mind a bit, but it was too late. The new version of Pilates had been sold, and and the same thing happened with Fascia and Gil Headley later on. Said, "Oh, slight problem. Yeah, these people are all dead. I need to change this a little bit now. Actually, it's not quite the same as that. But yep. it's the marketing and the DVDs which come out, and then they can't change. It's too late. So you do have to be critical of the reading lists which you are given, especially if the books um, are slightly old. Um, yep. But anyway, so that's why I want to go to your website, if I may, because you put on some courses which help people." evolve i want to bring these up for people who are watching the live stream um you break them down to three courses let's put this into a survey so you can see it and i want you to talk me through who you would recommend these for whether everybody should do all three or whether a certain person should go to one you've got move to integrate for people who can't see the screen i've got the three courses which you can see on born to move.com if you just click on courses we've got move to integrate which is a three-day course which i'm james is going to talk about now and then born to walk for three days and then born to move what are they? Yeah. So move to integrate is um, it's, that's Owen's workshop that he was just teaching last weekend um, up in, in Northwood. And that is uh, his dissemination of uh, and blending with Diane Lee's work, um, the, the functional work that I've kind of brought into, into body work and really kind of drilling down into how can we make uh, assessments as accurate as they can be trying to answer a lot of the questions around accuracy of palpation, for example, around pelvis, um, PSIS and the, the landmarks. So kind of bringing to, to body workers, especially kind of, um, manual therapists across the board, um, clear rationales from a full body point of view of how to identify and treat an area of the body that may be causing the pain and discomfort that from a biomechanical sense uh, that a client might be experiencing. And it's not purely biomechanical. He, he um, Owen has also done a lot of the, the pain science work. So it's acknowledging kind of the, the full um, BPS model. So it's it's blended in there. So moved in grit is kind of a, it's an update. So it's not just your your standard torque start test. It's not just your standard straight leg raise. It's taking many of the questions, many of the criticisms of the, the standard orthopedic assessments and 
updating them and bringing them to a, a, a more rational, more defendable model, a less wrong model. Um, to, um, so, <laughs> so maybe for listeners, then you mentioned um, stalk test, for example, which are, um, that's probably something I, th- I know it's pretty, I'm pretty sure on all level four um, yeah. courses of people are doing them for sports massage or sports therapy massage, it would be introduced. I think it's still taught as an advanced test. If you go up to level five or something, they probably focus on it even more. So just for people who are listening live and have downloaded the podcast, what are some of the updates and, you know, the takeaways um, for that when you're doing a test like that? So for a stock test, some, some of the criticism, do you mean the, the criticisms or some of the Yeah, and whether they're... So the, whether the they're criticism means, yeah. would be the PSIS is one of the, probably the most unreliable bony landmark in your body. Um, it's been tested many, many times that there is very little, very low, if any, inter or intra-therapist reliability on identifying the PSIS. And whenever I, whenever I first thought, when I first heard that, I thought, oh my God, well, obviously they haven't had me. They have not tested me and my, my superior palpation skills. And then realized, no, that was just talking as much crap as everybody else. Whenever I, I was thinking that I was finding the PSIS, if, you know, if the head physiotherapy surgeons, whatever, can't find the PSIS, then what bloody chance do I have? Um, so sorry, we can't gloss over this because I'm conscious that and I don't want you people listening to the podcast and I have to remind myself of this. This might come as a shock. Hopefully it will come as a shock to maybe half of you, which is 1200 of you, um, because you've probably just come off a course where a major <laughs> part of it and the morning and then a, 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 the morning after to check you've actually taken in was about palpating each other's PSIS and using that to estimate whether the pelvis was tilting down. Now you've got this guy here, James Earls, saying that... Um, it's it's not that accurate and in fact even with experts if you get a bunch of experts to to set to look at them um the results will differ uh, as to their shape and their size and whether one's higher or lower than the other and all sorts of things so that's a scary thought because that sounds like it's going to undermine probably one day out of the six you've had like in the last <laughs> month or something now which Oops. means we got to be careful and this is what this podcast is all about hopefully and we've made that quite clear does that mean the whole course needs to be thrown away and there's no point being a soft tissue therapist he said obviously with a with a loaded question or what's how do you move on from that what's your how i suppose you explain this in the course but how do you deal with that and not think oh my god if that's not true how what's what's all the rest they've been telling me then i'm well then there are other landmarks and other ways of getting very similar information so rather than using the PSIS, finding the um, inferior um, lateral angle on the, the sacrum, and also then rather than using the PSIS on the ilium, using the iliac crest, and then measuring the differences between those two very um, accurate and re- reasonably reliable, you know, you still need a little bit of training. And the facts, so in the start test, you're trying to measure what is, you know, a three millimeter movement um you know if you're lucky whereas if your hands are separated between the inferior um lateral angle and around the the iliac crest that movement of three millimeters so if you think of kind of you know moving your elbow if you're measuring your the movement at your elbow off your elbow there's very little movement but if you're holding your wrist and moving your elbow two or three degrees then 
slightly, things get magnified because of the distance. So it actually makes the makes the movement much more easily uh, palpated. So that and and many many others. I I have not had the fortunate experience of being in the classroom with Owen whilst he's teaching all of these. So, for for further information, just send us an email and, and <laughs> or, or uh, ask Nikki. We had a little uh, or John W. He said earlier on. I'm bringing yeah. this up on the screen. John W. says it was a fantastic weekend with Owen and moved to integrate inspirational. John's word yeah. used that word. So there you go. And as as Becky also pointed out, you know, the the pelvis is so you know we're trying to find the PSIS and the ASIS, and then depending which book you read, you know, is it is it ten to fifteen degrees of difference? Is it one to three centimeters of height difference? Or are they you know, horizontal? But you know, the old research that I quoted, and it's one of the, the proud moments of the fascial release for structural balance book, is that I put this research in there way back that preceded all. Um, University of, I think it was Liverpool, could it be Manchester, um, um, compared the cadaver pelvises of, I think it was 30 pelvises, and found they put them all in the universal plane, which was the ASIS and the pubis on a, on a table, so that they could then measure the angle between the AS and PSIS. And in a sample size of 30, they found a variation between zero zero degrees with perfect right angle and 23 degrees which is a huge amount of variation and i think it was 23 and it's big in my head you know it's um, it's many years since i read the original paper and they also i reread it a few years ago for some another project and they also compared left and right from the standard and the left and right you know uh, psis um, measurements varied between zero so both symmetrical and five degrees so even within a person you can have up to a five degree possibly even more because it was a small sample five degree difference in as to psis angle so you know quite another common measurement for kind of pelvic rotation is to find the asis pretty reliable landmark but, and then we feel that it's one further forward and down, and then we make all kinds of conclusions from that. But actually, I don't know. Am I measuring a zero perfectly symmetrical pelvis, mm -hmm. or is this per person just just a five degree increase difference on the on the left person? So we need a lot of other ways of gathering as much information as possible. Okay, very interesting. Um, and if we're using these tests to sign along the dotted line that this is why the person's coming to us in back pain then that's dangerous because we're missing all the other factors which you've which we should be considering and um, that's the danger yeah. isn't it okay um nikki mansfield actually says here i'll bring it up on the screen nikki mansfield says the palpation skills taught in move to integrate are a whole other level massively improving my assessment specificity already though i have a long way to go to reach james and owens level exactly <laughs> Yeah, you're not She's putting not. that hair in the yellow pages and feeling it with your elbow yet. Can't quite get that, can you, Nikki? Yet? <laughs> yeah, keep practicing, keep practicing. Okay, right, I'm conscious of the time. So that's brilliant. So that's all about updating okay. the assessment and everything. What yes. about, let me just bring this up on there. Um, so Born to Walk, three so days. Born, Born to Walk, uh, I deliberately designed it for movement and manual therapists. So I can just cross the board as less, probably less of a gate assessment 
and more of a let's get together and understand myofascial skeletal movement and use walking as the kind of the consistent vocabulary to to understand how all of that interacts and interplays and trying to from answer what's been a a regular question in my head of why are we the shape that we are? Why are we, why, you know, as a species, why do we stand up and, and walk the way that we do? Why do we run the way that we do? And um, so it's trying to, it's really trying to expose my answers to those questions using a lot of, a lot of research and um, a lot of time that I've spent, um, including doing a, a master's degree in human, human anatomy and evolution. Um, so trying, you know, that is, that's not just my opinion on how we walk and how we move and how all of that interacts. It's as evidence-based as, as I can make it. Um, and, and also my story, my story of how it all kind of, all those, the, the different elements fit together in, in the story. So, um, so that's it. And then born to move is a three day workshop in which we teach 101, I've no idea how many, 101 manual therapy techniques without ever touching a therapy table. Oh, so sounds glorious. <laughs> so it's three days and we don't even have a table in the room. Um, so oh. everyone's standing, moving knees, moving arms, moving heads. And one of the, one of the wonderful things that uh, Tom's Anatomy Trains book did bring to the, the to the market was the, the idea of tensegrity. I know there are kind of the left and right wings of everything. I I find the the idea, the picture, the model of the human body as a tensegrity system to be useful because it's it 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 gets away from the, the isolation of anatomy and orthopedic assessments and and shows gives a, a vocabulary to explain why is it so my standard workshop, I'm sure I'll do it in that therapy expo. It's turn to your right when you're standing and as you turn your left foot pronates and your right foot supinates. Your left knee laterally rotates, your right knee immediately rotates, your right hip immediately rotates, your left hip immediately laterally rotates, blah, 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 all the way through. It's a workshop that's teaching technique on how to work with the medial or lateral rotators, how to work with a pronation or um, supination and through the feet, how to improve spinal movement. And it's 101 techniques and which I don't actually care one slot about any of the techniques because they're, they're purely to teach functional anatomy and kind of tensegrity anatomy, functional anatomy, anatomy of movement, the reality of movement, whatever the heck you want to call it, pick your own favorite word. It's how do we how do we, as a body, respond whenever we make movements? And how can I, as a therapist, hopefully intervene in a, in, a, in a useful way that's going to be comfortable, supportive for the client, and whether that's intervening with soft tissue in whatever way, or whether it's intervening with the nervous system, or whether it's just giving kind of comfort and security, confidence, back to the client as they're making a movement that they haven't been able to make, then you know, that's it. So it's, it's kind of three days of putting anatomy in context, but doing that through teaching techniques. Brilliant. No. Sounds like that's putting into effect exactly what you started off with. You said the anatomy is taught in the wrong way. You take all the little bits and then put them all together and understand mm -hmm. how we move. You don't need the other way around. Let's get moving. 
and now I'm going to start yep. introducing. Brilliant. Wonderful. Um, Nikki has said here, um, your PA has said, uh, some of my fave part of these works or your workshops have been the mic drops on anatomy and motion. Will you ever run workshops specifically on relearning anatomy from a movement point of view? Okay, it's almost like set up for the. <laughs> well, funny you should say that, Nikki. I just happen to be writing the book. Oh, do you? Oh, wow, I, I didn't yes. know that either. So, uh, another one. Um, so, the, 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 one I'm writing at the moment is. Are you sure you want to reveal this? I don't want you to regret this when you wake up in the morning. Have you told anyone else this? Or is this a, a, an exclusive? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's practically finished. So, oh, okay. It should be finished in the next week or so. Oh. Um, it's just on, on how to understand movement, it's the vocabulary of movement. Because um, I think one, one of the things I, I learned whenever going through the Gary Gray training, um, and I, through that training, I tell the story many times, but through, through that training, I, there were so many moments where I just got angry. It's like, why is it taking me 20 years for somebody to tell me that actually there's a language to clearly describe bone and joint movement? And it's, it's, it's all there. It's, but it's, it's so ignored in the literature and ignored by the, by the, those that taught me anatomy. Um, you know, and so few people know the difference between a you know a medial rotation of the hip and a, a, a medial rotation of the femur. You yeah. know, I I wasn't trained in being clear and precise with the the language whenever I was describing. You know, I didn't know movement, so I wasn't really describing it whenever I was trying to teach anatomy. But any time I did give it a go, it was you know, all over the place. But nobody cared because they didn't know that I didn't know that they didn't know that nobody knew how they actually to language movement. Um, and I think that that's that's why we have such a in a, our profession. I think we have a poor understanding of movement. So this is going to be my attempt to to bring some of that that vocabulary and clarity that it can give um, into into our world. Sounds um, great. I never knew that. I didn't realise that was in the with, pipeline. Exciting. Yeah, and and with being honest of of this source that you know it's it's Gary Gray derived. It's um, mm -hmm. but nobody else seemed to have done it. It was partly it was my publisher who said, "Oh, James, can you do a long chain move stretch movement book?" Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, of course I can," because you know they sell. It's mm. like because you know you look at any of the stretching books, which are all the bloody same. They sell thousands mm. and hundreds of thousands, and you know mm. my books don't. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, great, I can do that. Uh, and then I sat down to write it, and I thought, oh, this is just such a lie. It's just, you know, it's just I'm just going through the motions. Um, so where he thought it would take three months because you just kind of churn through it, it's actually taken um, guts of a year. Wow. Cause, but it's still a short book. But Wow, that's very exciting. There you go, Nikki. didn't expect that, did you? Exclusive on the Sports Therapy Association podcast. New book, soon to be released. Yeah, new book. And so that will kind of feed into new workshops and new events. So that, that was teaching some of that material for the Pilates instructors because it was a surprise to me. I was always scared teaching anatomy to movement teachers because mm. I, I always thought they understood movement. Mm. And then I realized they don't understand movement. They understand exercises. And that's different. Mm -hmm. so. Excellent. Right. Well, look, um, time is... Um reaching that nine o'clock, that hour. So um, just John W is a question here. That sounds amazing. Look forward to reading that one after the other books have answered questions and raised more at times. It's great, isn't it, when things raise more questions. It's lovely. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about that. So um, the good news 
is um, you guys, if you've enjoyed what you're listening to today, and that goes for people listening to the podcast, then um, we have got the good fortune to have James Earls um, coming to Birmingham to the NEC at Therapy Expo 2022. Um, he'll be with us on day one, which is the Wednesday, the 23rd of November at 11.30 a.m. Um, in the STA Theatre with a presentation on understanding the human foot. Um, in a nutshell, I've asked this, I think, last week to Anna Marie and Paul Coker, but then for people who are umming and ahhing about whether to come to your, unfortunately, we only get half an hour with you, but in your mind, what would you like people who, soft tissue therapists who come to see your presentation, kind of walk away with on the on the day? What would you like them to, to walk away with? I think it's, for me, my my major goal is now to make that link between anatomy and understanding movement. So it's putting putting function, it's being able to see with a, an x-ray vision that whenever you look at the foot and see it moving, foot and ankle, when you see it moving, you can see the anatomy, you can see what's happening, what's not happening. So it's being able to do that projection. Fantastic. Great. Well, it's a great opportunity for you people. Um, and I hope that... Um, if you are debating whether or not to come to Birmingham, then I'm not getting paid anything for Therapy Expo. It's just I really believe that it's turning a curve now. I think there's a great since COVID. I don't know how connected it is with COVID, but now people are actually talking to each other. Therapists are sharing truths and suddenly everyone's much more receptive and you can get much more support by going to these events. In the words of Anna Maria Mazzieri, rather than networking, it's not networking anymore. It's called support. And that's what it's all about. And even if you don't get to see everyone you want to see, you sit down, have a coffee and chat with other therapists. It's, it's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. And again, James, I'm really um, thankful that you're going to be part of it. So really excited about that. Right then, I need to wrap it up. It's 8.59. I'm sure you've got um, places to go to and, and things to eat and things to do. So thank you very much, everyone who's joined us live. It really makes it worthwhile for me. Uh, the day that no one turns up at eight o'clock is when we'll just call it a day. And that hasn't happened in 119 weeks. So thank you very much. James, again, thank you for, for coming and, and being a guest and giving up your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be we'll be back next week because next week tuesday will be the first of the month it'll be the first uh, it'll be the first tuesday in october then we do our regular sta catch-up so we'll have a little chat gary um benson founder of the sta will be here as far as i know uh, hopefully we'll have again um maybe dr fiona higgs from uh, women in sports therapy uh, the WIST podcast will be along, maybe regional rep coordinator, maybe could be along, uh, and other members from the SDA team. Um, some of the regional reps, regional reps, if you listen to this and you fancy coming out, if you've got something to say or to talk about, any comments on um, what we've done this month and who we've listened to, then um, that's uh, that's what it's all about. So next week, if you do fancy joining us live, if you listen to the podcast, then just head along to the Sports Therapy Association uh, YouTube channel at eight o'clock and you can join in the chat. Um, it'd be a great chance, these SCA catch-ups, to ask industry questions as well um, in case you've got any uh, on any topic to do with soft tissue therapy. So that's it, people. Thanks very much. Again, thanks, James. Thank um, you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Join in. Fantastic. Hopefully we'll see some of you live um, next week, Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Take care. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.